Hello, beautiful souls. You're listening to the Angels and Awakening podcast. I'm your host and angel medium, Julie Jancis. As this episode airs, we are in the midst of COVID-19. Friends, this is tough stuff. There is discomfort and frustration for some, loss and grief for others. And while we're not here to minimize anyone's pain, in the midst of all of it, there is also beauty, love, grace, and compassion in the coming together, kind actions, and rebuilding. We can all see so clearly now that what impacts just one person on one side of the world can impact everyone everywhere. We feel oneness and empathy for one another like never before. This is a massive shift, a global awakening. Allow it to shift and awaken you. Know that as you do, we're here for you, to pray with you, to share your stories, to shine some light, and to help in any way we can as you heal. If you'd like to work one-on-one with me, book a distance session, or take the Angel Reiki School online to develop your own unique spiritual gifts. If you want to hear, feel, and connect with your personal angels more clearly, take my online Angel Communication e-course. Your angels want me to tell you that you're going to be okay. They want you to put together your own spirit team here on earth, a team of people and resources who can help you in every area where you need support. And we hope that you'll make us a part of your earthbound spirit team. Thank you for being here. Thank you for letting us be part of your healing journey. Now let's dive into the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Angels and Awakening podcast. I'm your host, Julie Jancis, and I'm here with Angela Kim. And I am so excited because Angela and I have become quick friends over the last couple of months. She really got her start doing Mommy Diary, right? The blog. And she's amazing. If you don't follow her over on Instagram, you totally have to. Um, She's at Mommy Diary. And it's really just your story of of you as a mom and your children. And you have a lot going on. You've got a special need kiddo just like I do. So talk to us more about your blog, how you got started, what you do. Yeah, so I started my blog, uh, Mommy Diary, about... Six years ago, so I was always kind of like infatuated with blogging. I just thought it was so cool, um, just the way women were using their stories and their voice in the online space to just to connect with people, inspire other people. That really inspired me, but I lacked the confidence. Um, I think a lot of people, like what you know, you end up thinking, like, what is so great about me and my story? So I kind of like, um, I think lived in hiding. I was just kind of hiding. I had a lot of stories. I was always a writer. I had so many um, stories I wanted to share with other people, but because of lack of confidence and fear, um, I just kind of kept it all, just shoved it all down. And I was a mom of two. My daughter started showing signs of special needs. It was a very difficult time. And looking back, I think it was not using my voice that made me sick. So I came down with this really horrible depression, postpartum depression, where I just completely lost like joy and light uh, in my life. And I just felt so like heavy and I couldn't figure out why. Um, So I had to turn to therapy. I turned to meds, but ultimately something like depression, I think is a, is a spiritual soul level problem. 
And that's what, so coming down with depression was almost a gift because that's what got me started to really do deeper level um, soul searching and healing. And that's when I realized, okay, I need to express myself. I have to use my voice. There's a reason why I was given this really difficult road in motherhood. And there's a reason why I grew up reading books and wanting to be a writer when I was a little girl. So all of that just kind of fell into place. And um, I started a blog. So it, was, it started as a, as a form of therapy and healing for me. Oh, that's so beautiful. I love that. And when it comes to depression, I think you're right. I think depression within us can be this vibration. It's a lower vibration, but it tells us that we have work to do on ourselves, right? Like we have work that needs to be done. And what I share with our listeners on the podcast is that I really believe it has to be a team effort here on earth, that you need that therapy resource, you need that professional resource in combination with that spiritual resource to really go deeper and deeper. Um, but you started hearing and connecting with the presence of your grandmother, who you weren't very close to in this lifetime. So it was pretty shocking that it was her that was the one that was coming through from the other side, right? Right. So it's really interesting because my grandma and my mom and my motherhood story are all intertwined together in a very intricate way. And I didn't realize that until recently. So my mom has a very, almost a sad childhood story. My grandma had to leave the home that she was raising my children in or her children in. So she had to leave when my mom was two. And that caused a lot of heartache. And my grandmother eventually became divorced. My mom had a stepmom, had three half-brothers. There's just a lot of pain and trauma in that family. And my grandfather, my maternal grandfather, ended up passing away when my mom was about 11 or 12 years old, a very young adolescent, you know, um, preteen. And I think that really had a huge impact on my mom's um, well-being and psyche. And that, in turn, affected the way my mom raised me. So I think all of our stories combined, um, starting from my grandmother's decision to leave her children behind. I don't know exactly what happened. I'm assuming something, you know, serious went down in that house for my mom, for my grandmother to leave my mom and her sister when they're so young. So I always felt this heaviness around my grandmother when I would see her. Like she always felt bad for me. And even as a young girl, I can just intuitively feel like there was this untold story, like this this feeling of remorse. And you know, unspoken feelings, just a lot of that. Um, and I felt that, but I never really had a relationship with her because I think just growing up as my mom's daughter, my mom kind of put into my head that, you know, she was kind of abandoned and she had a lot of like, you know, it, her, her childhood story didn't come to me, didn't, you know, come in like a positive light. So I think in in, a, in an unconscious way, I thought my grandma was a bad person or maybe a, a selfish person. So that was that. And we were, you know, my grandma was living in Korea. We're living in America. So I would only see her when I go visit her once in a while, which is once every five, six years. And then one day, um, my mom 
just got this feeling, I guess, that my grandmother, something was wrong with my grandmother. She was praying. She's a woman of prayer. And she went to Korea and she was able to see her, her, grand, her mom on her deathbed, but she pretty much went into surgery and it wasn't supposed to be a big deal. Like it wasn't supposed to be um, like a life threatening type of surgery. And she ended up passing away, never woke up. So it was almost a sudden death. My mom returned and I remember she went into this really deep depression. And I was really confused. Like, why? I thought your mom was always like like a bad figure in your life. Like I always got I was under the assumption that my mom really didn't care about, you know, her relationship or lack of relationship with her mother. I didn't know it affected my mom so greatly, but it obviously did because I remember seeing my mom in this really, really dark place after her grandmother passed away for about a month or two, which is a pretty long time. Like she wasn't getting out of bed. And this was a pattern that I would see growing up as well. When my mom is very, very um, depressed or something's overwhelming, she'll just kind of check out. So I do feel like all of these like history of depression and, you know, the heaviness, the unspoken emotions, the repressed emotions, um, all of this kind of runs in the family. So that was that. And again, I think I was not really affected by my grandmother's death because again, I think subconsciously I had this, not, not resentment, but more like, oh, you were a bad mom. You left my mom when she was two. And that's kind of what I heard growing up. So I think I just didn't allow myself to feel the sadness. I was sad because my grandmother, my maternal grandmother was perhaps, you know, the one that was closest to me, but I didn't let myself feel sad. Looking back, like back then, I didn't realize that. But in retrospect, I see that's what happened. And then I was just living my life. And I was going through, you know, my motherhood journey. I came down with depression. I was raising my special needs child. And I started a blog. And all of a sudden, um, just I was at, I was on a family vacation. And there I came across this uh, person, this, this, this lady, and I guess she was a medium. I had no idea. I grew up in a very devout Catholic religious uh, background where medium is evil. Like you, I just was scared of anyone with these powers. I was just, you know, it wasn't something that I was familiar with. And I met this lady on the elevator and she gave me this card, a business card, and it had my name on it. It was weird. It said Angela something. That wasn't even her name. So I thought it was a sign from the universe at the time. I was like, you know, I think God is giving me a sign to talk to this lady. And again, I had so much guilt and fear behind it all because that's not what Catholics do. So I remember, um, long story short, I, I met her on vacation. I took her business card. I contacted her once I got home and I went to go see her. Again, I had so much fear around it all. And then she was the first person that told me about ancestral pain. She brought up those words like ancestral. She I actually, looking back, she said something like well, ancestral curse, which I don't believe to be true. But I think she was kind of picking up on that same energy. And I remember when I was talking to her again, I was so fearful of even being there. Like, am I going to go to hell for seeing this medium? Because this is not something that I'm supposed to do. But there was the statue of um, baby Jesus that my grandmother always had in her room. And that same statue was sitting in her room. 
So to me, that was my first validation. Okay, I'm meant to be here. Looking back, I think it was my grandmother who kind of led me to that medium to get me to open up. Yeah, Yeah, it was a sign from your grandma. And I think she wanted me to open up spiritually because before that I was like, oh, no, no, I'm not going to, you know, listen to my intuition. I'm not going to look at signs. I'm just going to go to church every Sunday and, you know, go to confession. Like that's all I knew. And that's kind of the language that I always felt very um, trapped by. Mm-hmm. It's what my mom taught me. It didn't really serve me. And I had a lot of guilt growing up, yet I didn't know what to do with it. And looking back, I think it was my grandma who led me to that medium to get me to open up. And that was my very first experience. Let's let's talk about this a little bit because this dives deeper than I think a lot of people realize. And you hit the nail on the head when you said ancestral trauma. And we've talked about that before, but I don't know if you realize this because we just connected like a couple months ago, but back in January, I was really praying a lot and meditating a lot on, you know, what are the messages for 2020? And it kept coming up again and again. We're really diving into ancestral pain in order to break all of it up, make it lighter and kind of like lift it up and off of ourselves. Because if you look at generations of souls, in human carnation, so just your ancestry, that pain is passed down in two ways. It's passed down through our experience by the way that our parents act because it does uh, create these neural networks within our brains of how we think that does last a lifetime if we're not willing to do our work to unlearn and relearn what we need to. But it's also, as I see it, passed down through the DNA vibrationally so that the physical self is holding within it the vibrations of past lineage and past hurts that other people have been through. So you're absolutely right. And and she was working with you on those signs. What's interesting is that... This year, in working through all of this ancestral trauma, is also a huge awakening in so many different ways, shapes, and forms. And something that I've wanted to talk about on the podcast, but I haven't yet, is if you look at why spirituality is where it's at today, why the New Age, I guess if you would call it movement, is where it is today. If you go back and look at what people deemed as witchy back, you know, in the 1800s, it really wasn't people doing witchy things. It was um, that you didn't have doctors in these different small villages and that these women would help with herbs and different remedies. And a lot of times they were midwives and a lot of times they were very intuitive people. And it does correlate to what we're seeing today because religion is very much dominated by patriarchy, by men. And, you know, even the Pope back in 2018, when the press asked him, you know, you could change this. You could change it so that women can be priests too. Why don't you do that? And he said he wasn't going to, he wouldn't do it. Well, you're forcing women then, if you're not going to give them leadership roles, 
you're forcing them to develop their spirituality in a different way outside of the church because you're not opening a space for them to have it there. And I think that religion and spirituality and basically, let's just face it, the world in general would be a much different place if there was a a place for women as leaders within religion. That's so true. And I also came to that realization um, that female spirituality is different. The divine feminine, we're very um, nurturing, maternal. We're more about harmony and um, healing and just connecting. And I feel the male energy can be more of like dominant, dominant, gaining control. And I think there are ways in which that can be helpful to society. But when it comes to spirituality, it really sets a tone of yeah patriarchy and just dogma. And that's mm-hmm. not how spirituality works. Right. But when you know, I grew up in a religious setting, it was very suffocating. I remember feeling very suffocating and stuffy. And I just felt like I was put into this box where I will always be marginalized. There will never be a place for me. I was I'm like an altar girl. I was baptized. I went through all of that. But what would this, where would I end up with this? I would just become a mom and just a a lay person. Um, I had a few leadership roles within the church. So I think that was always a part of me because other members of the church community will see that and appoint me to that leadership role. But it always came to, once I got to the end of that, I just came out feeling like this isn't it. Like this is so limiting. Like there's more to this than what has already been prescribed. Yeah. And just the language that was already prescribed by men and patriarchy and this need to label things and Mm -hmm. categorize things and put them into their, you know, safe little placeholders and bubbles. It just is not something that I resonate with. And create rules around Mm -hmm. things where there shouldn't be any rules. Yeah. And you know what? It's for that reason, because there isn't really a place for women within the church that I, I've never talked about this on the podcast, but I think it's important for listeners to hear. I don't think of religion as bad. I think that there are some people that it does a lot of good for, but I remember feeling you know, from a very early age, well, there's not a place for me here. You know, like I know that I'm a leader. I know that this is the position that I want. There's not a place for me here. So I didn't feel welcomed, I guess, in that way. There were some other things that I'll probably get into later on a different day in the podcast, though, where, you know, I grew up very Catholic and the Catholic church went to Catholic school And then when my parents divorced, went to non-denominational church. And in the non-denominational church, they have like a lot of youth groups, which you would think would be awesome. But there, I had a, a couple of bad, really sexual encounters where people were kind of aggressive towards me and I was able to turn around and kind of walk out the door. But I'd never want my daughter to be in those same positions that I was in back then. So I don't take her to church. And I, that's pretty much the reason why. 
Yeah, how traumatizing must have that been? And I think um, like my parents' generation, you know, my mom was just coming into her spirituality and Christianity. So there's this tendency to trust the church too much. It's like whatever they say goes and they're not using their own intuition. So mm-hmm. whenever anything happens, my mom will say, okay, let's contact this priest. And she would send me when I was in um, you know, high school and I was kind of lost, right? I think naturally because I wasn't intuitive, I had these spiritual gifts that I didn't know what to do with. And I think people like me tend to fall into depression and you know, feeling lost and confused. And I remember every time this will happen, my mom will send me to like a priest. Yeah. She'll say, okay, go we'll talk to a priest. And I remember sitting there like, what can this person really tell me and, and guide me for? And my mom sent me to so many different priests and seminarians. Like that was the language she knew, you know, how to help me. She, she knew she couldn't help me. I was kind of like my spirituality or my identity was kind of too big for her to handle. So she thought, okay, let me just pass her over to this, you know, priest figure. Yeah, I remember like not really having a pleasant experience. I remember thinking like, man, I just didn't like the power dynamic that I felt. Um, when I already felt and knew so much, yet I had to feel like I don't, like what I know is not true. So yeah, I think um, for me too, as I got older, but there was a lot of guilt that came with that. And that's why I'm really thankful that my grandmother showed me this new language, um, this new world of spirituality, because I think I needed something to replace that. Because yeah. naturally, I'm a spiritual person, so I have a relationship with God, and this language this dogmatic language didn't work for me. So I knew it didn't work for me, but then what, like, what do I do with this? And I think what grandma, my, what my grandmother did was she opened up this new world where now I'm able to follow my own intuition and um, her guidance. And she leads me to different people. I believe she led me to friends like you, where I'm able to get, you know, affirmations and confirmations and, And this just feels right. You know, like now I don't feel that stuffy feeling anymore, that suffocating feeling that I used to feel. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. And, you know, what the angels were whispering as you were talking is that it happens automatically, that when you open yourself up to that highest vibration that is, your intuition, that soul thought system within you, that's your soul's thought system it naturally kind of turns up the volume and you turn down the volume on your egoic mind. And another part of that is sometimes your spiritual gifts start to come out naturally. And that is all part of being in that highest vibration. So I'm so glad that you had that experience on your own with your grandmother really connecting with her. So was that the first time that when you were working with the medium that you really felt her presence? And then how did, when you left the medium's office, how did you feel her presence continue to stay with you? So um, I think it was, I think she was always there, but I was kind of blocking it out again, out of fear, out of guilt, out of what is this, you know, am I doing something wrong? So it took me a lot longer um, than it could have been. I think I just kind of blocked it out. And then I, you know, was trying to go back to church and I knew that I needed um, to kind of amp up my spirituality. So there was a lot of guilt. So, and I was by myself. I didn't really know who to turn to at the time. That's why I think courses like yours is so valuable because I didn't know there were resources. 
So I was pretty much on my own. So I'll just kind of like, you know, read stuff, I'll Google stuff online. And yeah, like my family would say, you're getting into this like new agey stuff. Like you're kind of weird. Like what's, what's wrong with you? You know, but it just, <laughs> I couldn't stop digging. Yeah. Well, I and it's interesting digging. when we got on the call today, um, we were chatting a little bit before we started and you said, you know, I wish I didn't have work and I wish I, I had more time. You know, I, I don't have that much time because I'm a mom. You said, I wish I just had all the time in the world to just spend. And you brought me back to a point that I felt that way when I started this about five years ago, where I was like, man, you know, if I didn't have work, if I could just live in this energy all the time. And what it was, it was very interesting because at that same time, they had me watch this YouTube video with a spiritual leader. And this person said, this person was not a parent themselves. And this person spent a lot of time just being in this energy and made it seem like we have to be in it 24-7. And Spirit said, as I was watching, no, we don't. Because it's, it's not that everybody can do that. Not everybody can pick up their lives and stop working. Not everybody can just leave their families, you know, in order to live in this high vibration 24-7. It's actually physically being a human being, working and doing and being a parent and feeling it at the same time and figuring out a way to bring peace and joy into this beautiful life that we have already created. Because as I'm saying this, Spirit's whispering in my ear, one of my very first teachers, um, I don't think I've ever said this on the podcast. I I ended up stopping working with her because what she was saying resonated at first and then it stopped resonating when I found out that she left her whole family in order to move to the mountains and be secluded from everything in order to do this work. And Spirit said, you don't have to do that because then she started encouraging me to step away from my life and my family and and just be in this 24/7 and they said you can hold this vibration while you're living your daily life and they're so right and I'm so glad that I listened to spirit because you can you can live in that high vibration and there are times where you have to shift gears i see it often as like shifting gears in a car where There are days that are just insane. I had a couple of days last week, and this is pretty typical, where I'll have 15 different clients like text or, you know, three healer friends. And if you're empathic, you know that everybody's always coming to you with different stuff that's going on in your life. And if you're listening and you're one of those beautiful souls, know that there are just some days where I can't get back to all the texts and I feel so bad all the time. But we're always just doing our best, and that's what it comes down to. And you can learn to live in a high vibration, shift gears between doing and being. And even while you're doing, you still have this high vibration. It's just that our attention isn't on it at that particular moment. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I also think trying to do both, like living in the high vibration while you know, are, you know, being a mother and a wife and a business owner, I think that takes 
extra level of commitment and skill because I remember growing up and seeing a lot of these religious leaders like priests and, and nuns and thinking, and I remember there was a time in my spiritual journey where I almost wished that I didn't have kids. I can, you know, I remember I told my mom, like, I wish I could just go into a convent and just become a nun and just do this for the rest of my life. But then I realized, no, because that'll make me sheltered, I think, you know, and I think it'll narrow my perspective. Um, and for me, I realized at that time, my vocation um, is to be here with my family in the home and just on social media, being a blogger, being a digital influencer, you know, these are all new roles that were just kind of like, that just kind of came into my life. I never asked for it, but I realized I have a role here, you know, right here, right now. Like I don't need to go into the mountains or go into a convent. But yeah, there are times when I wish I had more time to, you know, do the meditation, the journaling. And, you know, there are times when I'm in middle of meditation and my husband walks in and my kids walk in, my baby's crying. And, you know, I'm not going to lie. It does get frustrating at times. Like, gosh, I was right there. And, and this was so great. And, and I kind of just have to tell myself, but you know what? This is my vocation. It's right here, right now. So, you know, it's a, every, it's a struggle. Um, I don't think it ever gets easier, but it's a daily struggle that I'm really happy to be a part of. Yeah. And I felt that a lot too, you know, over the last year, especially as I was starting out the podcast a year and a half ago with Al and just the temper tantrums that she was going through for a while, where it really does bring you back to your egoic mind. And really what it's all about is learning to tell the difference between what voice is speaking within you. Is it that egoic mind shouting? Is it that intuition? Because when I tap into the intuition part, this happened today. We were at the store and Al was like, um, <laughs> like uh, trying to get my attention and I'm trying to work, like, work with this associate who's helping us pick out like new stuff for a bathroom. And, and I had to say to the associate, you know, I'm sorry, hold on one minute. And I turned to Al and instead of being frustrated and being like, can't you just see that I'm talking to this woman? I said, sweetheart, what do you, what do you, want mommy's attention for. And I talked to her and she really did have a good point. She wanted to point out something that I had said before that she saw in one of the products and she wanted to feel heard, which I think if you look back to our generation as kids, where you just got your parents turned around, you're like, <laughs> we didn't feel hurt. We didn't feel like we had a voice. And our generation has had to work very hard to find that voice within us, like you were saying. And I'm so glad that we became friends because I am so learning how to find a voice on social media through you and, and your journey. And it's just so beautiful. So thank you for coming into my life. Oh, I feel the same way about you, Julie. And, and you know, it's funny because I was always very into social media. Um, like when the old school blogs came on, I was like on it. I was always MySpace, you know, Facebook, whatever they came out with, I was on it. So I do feel like this was part of my like life calling. But I think a lot of people tend to see social media as something extra, something unnecessary, a distraction. And I know there's a lot of, you know, articles going around of parents not wanting their children to use, you know, certain apps because of predators. And while I understand that, I also understand the value of social media and how we can teach the next generation to use social media for good. 
So recently, I don't know if you heard, but these um, TikTok kids, they are creating movements using TikTok hashtags. They are, you know, blacking out certain like racist hashtags with funny photos, for example. Like they are really creating waves using social media to really promote anti-racism. And while I see that, I'm just, and I always felt that um, even when my, my daughter's obsessed with social media, she obviously gets it from me. And while other parents were saying, hey, are, are, aren't you, you know, isn't she a little too young to have that? I knew that this was a tool. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, it can be a distraction. And she's 13. So she's learning still how to balance it out. You know, I tell her, you need to control this app. You can't let it control you. And I think that's up to the parents to teach them. Mm-hmm. But there's definitely, especially in the next generations to come, we need to learn to use social media in a positive way. We can't say, oh, this is only for the bad people or the distracted people because the good people, right? The light workers, like the healers need to be using social media too, because that's what people are turning to. Well, I think Um, it's fascinating too, because I grew up with like more of a news background. So since I was 14 years old, I started working for one of like the largest newspapers in Illinois. And when you work for a newspaper, the articles are never about you. I mean, you always are taking yourself out of it to make sure that the focus is just strictly whatever news you're trying to bring through. And so I've had a hard time because I've also heard a lot of clients tell me on the side, and I'm sure not everybody feels this way, but I think I really attach to what they've said, which is that they like this podcast because I don't talk a lot about myself. I try and talk more just about spiritual matters. But I think social media would be a great place for me to unfold and just share as I go through my experience how I still have to work out different parts of the egoic mind or different thoughts that flow in, different resources that I use, different things that are happening in my life. And so I don't think I would have done that without you, though. I think you're really opening me up to this. And And speaking about the children, too, we just decided at lunch, we're redoing our kitchen instead of moving. And my daughter is obsessed with these baking YouTube shows. So we decided we're going to let her do a YouTube channel about baking so that she learned these skills, right? Because they're going to be using these skills for the rest of their lives. I think that's so great. And, you know, social media, when used right, can be a powerful tool to teach, you know, to bring people to awareness, to connect. And what I love about social media is that it brings us out of our own bubbles. You know, we tend to live in a very homogenous circle. Um, our family, friends who think like us, who look like us. But what social media does is bring in these really various, um, you know, insightful perspectives that really open your mind and your heart. That's the beauty of it. And, you know, I definitely, it's, again, it's a balancing act, but I've found that using social media intentionally and authentically really helped me to find my voice and reach more people. And it's what made my work possible. Yeah. So I'm making that commitment. And I think the other thing that I've done wrong on social media is that I don't know what other people are doing because 
I don't want this to come off the wrong way, but I just don't read a lot. Like I'm so ADD or ADHD that I skim a lot of stuff, but I don't deep dive and read a lot of stuff on social media. So what I want to do over there is more video and that way I don't have to type it all out and I can just say it and, and connect that way. I think the best way to use social media is just use what works for you. Like for me, I'm a writer. I, I'm a photographer. So I love using the Instagram squares to tell a visual story and also, you know, finish it all. It's a microblog. But um, there are some people who are just amazing on video. That's not me. And they do great. So I don't think it really matters what medium as long as you're using it you know, mindfully. Yeah. So yeah, I got to be consistent too. I'm going to be better at that. (laughs) Yeah. Consistency. That's the, that's key to um, growing an audience, but it's hard. It takes a lot of work. It does. A lot of work and dedication. You wouldn't think it does, but it really does to get good photos, you know, and to think of content that's meaningful and really just for the me that's going into prayer and meditation and just seeing what the angels want to bring through that day. Yeah. And it's really interesting because um, I always wanted to be a writer. I grew up reading a lot of books. So naturally, when you're a good reader, you become a, a better writer. And I always thought I was supposed to write a book. That's all I knew, a physical book. But um, through blogging, I mean, blogging took up so much of my time. And then, you know, through Instagram, I'm writing just on a different platform. And now I'm on a podcast. So now I'm also expressing myself. So I'm pretty much bringing my blog into audio form. Mm -hmm. Um, That's been really fun and, you know, new. And I love just the challenge of tackling these new mediums. But I do find that that's what I was meant to do. Same thing like you. You're meant to send a message and be a leader and share your stories and bring people together. And you're doing that using your voice and video. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And tell people because you just came out with your podcast about a month ago, right? Yeah. So I started um, a podcast called Mommy Diary, the podcast. I have Mommy Diary uh, on the blog. So it's Pretty much a lot of my audience I know are mothers and they're busy. I have a lot of amazing articles, like real life stories, like postpartum depression articles, a lot of tips for special needs parenting, a lot of valuable resources that I knew a lot of moms don't have the time to read because they're just so busy. So I thought I'm just going to, you know, if you, if I bring it into audio form, it's something that you can do while you're doing the dishes or folding laundry or taking your kids to their soccer practice. So it's been fun and it's new and it's challenging, but I'm realizing this too will be like the future of communication is through audio. That's so awesome. So everybody go over and check out her podcast and don't forget rating it five stars or leaving a positive review is really what helps the most with the algorithms. So please rate her five stars if you listen, love it. And uh, don't forget to write a review for her as well. I want to talk about you took the angel communication class recently. You're still in it. And you also, when it found your guardian angel's name, talk to me about that experience. Yeah, so I definitely have an um, experience with angels. Um, I told you this story before, but I want the listener to hear this story. I was in a really, really horrible, like a scary car accident when I was in college. 
it was I was at a final review session. It was a rainy night, very dark campus, about 9.30 p.m. I was walk, crossing the street and a car came and just hit me. I was walking. I wasn't in a car. A car came to just hit me. But what's so funny is before I left for that final review session, my mom had this um, necklace. I think it had a guardian angel or Mother Mary. I'm not sure what it was. One of those, you know, medals that the Catholic, you know, Catholics like to use. And I remember putting that on myself. I have no idea why. It's almost as if I knew something was going to happen that day. And when the car came and hit me, I remember like my seeing my life just flash before my eyes, thinking, oh, shoot, I'm going to die. And then two seconds later, I got up thinking, what? Like, what is this? Like, I was totally fine. I literally walked over to the curb and sat down. So I had to catch my breath. I was almost in a state of shock, but my body was fine. And it was, I should have, it should have been a lot worse than that. And I knew that. So that day I knew there was someone protecting me. Someone saved me that day. And so I always knew about guardian angels. And when I took your course, I was very interested in finding the name of my personal guardian angel. I know there are archangels, but, you know, having a personal angel is like having a best friend, right? And then the name came to me. The name was Sam. Mm -hmm. And I thought, wait a minute, that, that's like such, I was expecting something more exotic, you know, something <laughs> a less, uh, less, you know, common, you know, something super cool. I think you said you resonate with the name Kaya before, right? And that yeah. I, I was thinking of something a little more unique. So when Sam came, I was like, Sam, that's like kind of boring, you know, <laughs> but then I wanted a validation. So I said, okay, if this, I'm thinking Sam, but if this is true, give me a validation. And that day I found there was like this um, Instagram account that I made just for like my own, you know, privately using because a lot of my, um, my public account, I can't really look at stuff or comment on things. I have this other separate account and I had named it Sam. Like wow. that, that was my validation. I was like, wait, this is a name that was close to me in my life. I didn't even know why I chose that name. So it's just like a name that's just been floating around. It's been in my life. And that is, that was my guardian angel's name. Oh, I so love it that. was a very amazing validation. And I feel a lot closer to yeah. him or her. Yeah. I feel more of like a male energy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I feel very, very like happy that I'm growing my, my circle. Oh, I love that. And you know what? For everybody listening, you can ask what your soul's name is too. So uh, when you referred to Kaya, when I was going through my energy healing training, I was in deep, like in meditation one day, and I... I asked a question because as a little girl and throughout my entire life, whenever anybody would say the name Julie, it doesn't resonate. And you know what? Everybody listening is going to be like, well, why don't you change it? It doesn't feel like comfortable to be a 38-year-old person and change your name at this point. But I remember even like being probably third, fourth grade and people would say Julie and I wouldn't turn around because I would think every, and I still have this, every time somebody says Julie, I think that's not my name. So I was really deep in meditation during this training and I said, why is this? You know, what is my name? And they said, Kaya. 
And I go, that's it. You know, like that fits and that totally like resonates with my heart. And I didn't even know that was like a name. <laughs> it's a beautiful name. I think, I think there are like another generation of young girls named Kaya nowadays. I think it's a really beautiful name. It is. It is. So yeah, names that come through can be unique that you've never heard before. They can be very generic. It's just what the angel wants to be called on the other side or what your name is on the other side. So how would I be able to do that? Just pray about it? Yeah. So what you can do is go into like that meditation that I do in episode number three, where you're getting into a very high vibration. You're feeling that energy above your head because that's your crown chakra opening up. And people feel different things above their head when they're really connecting and feeling that alignment with the other side. Some people feel lightness, weightlessness. Some people feel almost like a string is at the crown of their head, lifting them upwards towards the sky. And so there's some indication there that you are attached, connected, in alignment with the other side. And from that point, you can really connect more deeply with your intuition and just ask for information to come through. And this is what I teach in the angel uh, communication course and then in the angel Reiki class. But what you're going to do is just wait for information because With your egoic mind, which is different from the intuition, the egoic mind has so much information so fast. It's hard to turn it off or slow it down all day. The intuition, it doesn't work that way. It's almost like when information is needed, it's there. And then there can just be moments or hours of silence in between. But when you need information, it's presented to you. It has a different vibration to it as well. It's soft, it's gentle, it's love, it's joy. So you're really tapping into that intuition, not with a forceful egoic mind energy that's just trying to push an answer. You're just waiting there in high vibe, in receiving mode until that information arrives. And sometimes it arrives very quickly. Sometimes it takes a couple of days. Have you ever heard people say, well, I'm going to pray on it? Sometimes I think what that means to a lot of people is that they know it might not come like that, that it might come over a couple of days or maybe even a week, but that answer is going to come and they're going to sit in receiving mode just until it's there. You know, when I talk to you, I do feel like this feeling. It's really, I I don't know. I'm trying to put it into words. It almost feels like I feel lighter. Mm -hmm. It's funny. Like my pores feel more open. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds really weird, but that's how I feel. (laughs) Like I feel like some, I feel more open. Um, Is that the feeling? Yes. Yeah. I had a girlfriend call. Well, she's not a girlfriend. She is now. Um, She's a student in the Angel Reiki school. And she's like, do you have a couple minutes to talk because something's happening to me and I don't know what's going on. And I was like, absolutely. You know, I'm in the car, but I got the, you know, hands free. So she called and she said, I can't tell anybody else this, but I have to ask you a question. She goes, when I get into that high vibration, She said, I feel like it's better than being on drugs. And I said, yeah, 
you know, like that's exactly what it is. Like you don't have to take anything or drink anything. You feel the highest vibration that is, and it's better than any other feeling you've ever had here. And when I say you can learn to hold it throughout your day, you can. I mean, you can learn how to hold that vibration. And that's really the first step of energy healing is learning how to hold that very high vibration because then when I'm talking to you and the listeners are listening in the future, it doesn't matter who you're talking with. The energy is intention that's going out to everyone everywhere. The intention is to shift their vibration higher. So that's one of the biggest things when I'm doing these podcasts is for me to hold that highest vibration so that it's not just for the guest who's on, it's for everybody listening so that they can tune their energy higher and higher. It's like that energy is you being a tuning fork and then you start to tune your partner, your kids, your coworkers, your family, your friends. Everybody's vibration, when you get into that higher vibration, starts to shift higher and higher themselves. Well, I'm definitely feeling the vibration. So you must be like tuning me as well. And ever since I started this angel course, um, I've been hearing like a ringing in my ear. It just comes and I, it hap- it's happening more frequently where I'm like, okay, something's happening. Can you tell me what that is? Yes. So that happens sometimes. The only two things that I have seen happen that you could say, you know, kind of like, well, what is that? It is the ringing in the ear. And then sometimes when people do that very, get that high vibration going and feel that energy above their head, their crown chakra opening, some people will actually physically sway in a circle. Like you can see them. I've seen it in the angel Reiki school. And in both cases, what I have found to work the best is to really ground your energy into the core of the earth. So you can imagine that within a moment, snap of your finger, the energy from your body goes down into the core of the earth, tangle it in the core of the earth to really ground you and root you down in. Doesn't mean that you still can't feel that high vibration above you, just means that you're held more down versus other people who like to feel like instead of their feet are touching the ground, that they're on a string and like they're a balloon floating outer outer space, right? That can help a lot of times too. It's you because I know you, you're developing your intuitive sense more and more. And the way that you feel your grandmother's presence, you can also start to tap into hearing her more. And so the ringing is happening in the ears in particular because you're supposed to be hearing certain things. So I would start with, um, you know how we were on the call at the beginning and you're like, I love the course. I haven't gotten to do as much automatic writing. I've had a lot of people say, not a lot, a couple, the people who have said that they've gone through the course and haven't had time for automatic writing, it's needed. It's part of the learning process to really learn how to connect with that intuition to bring through more and more. Think about it like this. You have your best friend and she's like, Angela, I've got so much to tell you. Oh my God, like I can't wait to talk to you. 
and you feel her presence and you want to connect with her, but you have a hundred billion things going on and you're like, okay, it's Monday, but maybe I'll get to talk to you Saturday. That's what it's like for spirit. Like they're always there. They're so excited. They have stuff to tell us. And it's like we keep pushing them off more and more. The more we say, okay, I've got a minute, shoot. I've got five minutes, go. You know, that helps them to get out what they need to get out because they are, you know, our friends and family that are right there. And they have so much to say all the time. A lot of times in our life, we're just so busy. We just don't have the time to open to them. So start with a minute. Say, I'm going to channel a minute every morning and a minute before I go to bed. And just start writing. I actually did start and it was a pretty amazing experience where I felt like my arms felt really light. Mm. My writing arm, my right arm felt really light and my writing was really messy. (laughs) (laughs) It was just coming out so fast. Yeah. So I had to really like read hard, you know, like really read my writing. It wasn't my normal writing, but it was a very different, definitely a lighter, a spiritual, a different dimension type of feeling. Yeah. You want to know something that's wild? So we were watching this really old movie. I think it's from the 80s called Amadeus and it's about Mozart. And this actor in the movie is talking about the first time that he saw the first drafts of all of these different works that Mozart had created. And he says in the movie, and I know it's fiction, but Spirit was talking to me as I was watching the film. He says, it was as if he was hearing these perfect symphonies and all these different instruments and that he would just go in and write down the notes perfectly because that doesn't happen. When people write music, they often are making mistakes and going back and correcting different things. And you can see it like erased or crossed out on the paper. But with Mozart, he didn't have that at all. It was perfect, everything that he did. And what Spirit said was that's because he was channeling through all of the music that was coming to him. And what happens is they showed me this parallel that when we are doing automatic writing, we're channeling from the other side and it's perfect. It's divine. And so many times When you are doing automatic writing, what comes through is just so profound. It's because it's not from us. It didn't come from us. It came directly from spirit. And so it's just perfection because it's coming from them, from the other side. You know, it's really funny that you mentioned that because when I started my blog, I kind of channeled my first blog post in three days. I just locked myself in a room and everything, this untold, like years of untold stories just came rushing out of me. And, you know, it was very cathartic. There were moments when I cried tears and there were moments when I felt very like high vibration type of feeling. I feel like me starting that blog was a very spiritual experience. It was something that was in my life calling. And I just, I don't, I'm just called to say this. I'm, I think there's someone out there listening who has this untold story that they want to tell, whether it's on a blog or a YouTube channel or, you know, starting a new Instagram page. And it can be very fear inducing. It's always scary, but when the time is right, it just kind of pours out of you. And I think what we have to do is just keep working on ourselves. 
you know, meditating. I think the automatic writing is great. I did a lot of journaling. So perhaps my part of my journaling was like I was downloading some information. You know, now looking back, maybe it was that, but I was always definitely trying to tap into like a deeper side, a deeper level, you know, my intuitive side. And it definitely helped with everything that I've created, whether it was a blog, even my podcast. I recorded an episode um, like four days later, it just all poured out of me. And it's just amazing when that happens. I feel so aligned. And I just know that despite the fear, this is the right way. Yeah. And that's such a great feeling, knowing that this is so scary. And I'm so, this is like so, you know, nerve wracking. And I'm, I'm feeling these like physical symptoms of, you know, panic, anxiety. And, but just, you just know in your heart, this is the right way. Yeah. Oh, and it's so wild because you're such a teacher and I feel like I'm a teacher too. And what spirit is really calling teachers to do right now is to share really their personal things that they don't want other people to know because it's those specific things. It's not the perfection. It's not like us putting on this facade of everything's great that other people need to connect with to heal. They need to see the rawness. They need to see the pain that we've been through in order to understand the pain that they've been through in order to heal from that too. So I'm so glad that I met you because I am working on things in the background to shift everything with social media to really do a lot more videos on Instagram and Facebook to be more present over there and share more of myself so that we're keeping the podcast all spirituality and all experts and angel stories. And and over there, we're really bringing through what's going on in my personal life and, and my story and my journey. Amazing. And I'm really excited to follow along your journey, even on social media. And I think it'll help the listeners to see a different side of you, uh, a teacher side of you that is so much needed. Oh, I love that. I love that. Thank you to everybody listening. And thank you, Angela, so much for being on the show. This is Angela Kim, everyone. And Angela, please tell us where we can find you online, your podcast, your Mommy Diary blog, uh, you on Instagram. Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram at Mommy Diary. That's where I'm most active. And if you check my Insta stories, that's where the real fun happens. That's the behind the scenes of my mom life, how I run my business from home. I'm a work at home mom of four kids. Um, I just share different sides of motherhood that I think a lot of people can relate to, even if you're not a mom. So you kind of know what to expect when you become a mom. I think there's a lot of like mystery and fear surrounding motherhood. And I want to kind of break through that. And motherhood is not such a scary thing. Um, Labor pains are not that scary. And yeah, marriage is hard, but it's not that bad. I think I kind of want to break through that fear and make it a lot more relatable for people. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. And then my blog is mommy-dari.com. That's where you can find motherhood stories. Um, I used to a lot of travel, lifestyle. I have home improvement tips. These were things I was really into, but recently... Uh, with my podcast, I'm kind of going back to my roots of where this brand started, which is just connecting and sharing raw stories. And I'm just called to tell your listeners too, that I know if they're listening to you, they're listening because they have a gift. 
right? They're feeling something. I'm sure a lot of them are healers and light workers themselves. And they're trying to figure out what they can do with that. Mm -hmm. And this is what I used to do a lot. I would listen to a ton of podcasts. I would read so many spiritual books. I would pray. I would journal. I would use my essential oils and my crystals. And I would just research things. You know, there were so many things that I wanted to learn. But ultimately, all of that had to translate to me moving to action, you know. Mm -hmm. And part of that is like taking the angel course is I know is going to strengthen that. Mm-hmm. It's going to clarify like how I can use these things that I've been feeling, these things that I've been wanting to know more yeah. about. Like there's a reason, right? Why Spirit's calling me to learn. It's ultimately for me to share that somehow. Yeah. yeah. Oh, 100%. So, um, yeah. So I think we're both doing that in our own different ways. You know, some, and, you know, some ways it's different. Some ways it's very similar. You know, our, our paths are going to continue to cross on social media and beyond. And I'm just so thankful that I met you and I feel like you're truly a soul sister. Like we just resonate on this deeper level. And I know that you're helping so many people. Oh, you too, soul sister, two soul teachers here on earth. Yeah. And I'm so excited to just continue to, you know, share and work together and share our stories and help others to do the same. Oh, of course. Dilly, you have to come back on the show sometime. Love to have you back on. I would love to. This was so much fun. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, of course. You too. Thank you for being on. Thank you. Friends, if you'd like to hear from your angels and loved ones on the other side, book a one-on-one session via phone, FaceTime, or Zoom. You can also work with me one-on-one when you register to take the Angel Reiki School online to develop and use your own unique spiritual gifts. If you're just looking to be able to connect with your own personal angels, the Angel Communication online course will teach you how to hear, feel, and connect with your personal angels more clearly. Friends, if you get benefit from this podcast, please subscribe, rate us five stars, and ask a friend to listen. Don't forget to look in the show notes to see the winner of this month's free drawing. You're entered into the drawing when you write a five-star positive review and email it over to us so that we know how to contact you when you win. Now, if you have time, I want you to pause and do some energy work with me for a moment to lighten, clear, and reset your own energy. To start, I want you to take two deep breaths. Deep breath in. Deep breath out. Deep breath in. Deep breath out. Friends, as I walk you through this, I want you to use your imagination as an energy tool. Friends, your imagination isn't something that's not real. Your imagination is what every human being uses to create physical reality. How does a painter know what to paint? How does a sculptor know what to sculpt? How does a writer know what to write? They see it all within their mind, within the imagination, before it flows through them and is created within physical reality. Friends, I want you to start by seeing yourself surrounded by thousands of angels. These are all angels that work directly for God and they circle around you. They have this light 
airy, warm, yummy presence to them. And my friends, they are simply pure love and they radiate their love from their being to yours. I want you to take a moment to just breathe deeply in and out as you see and feel the presence of all of these angels surrounding you, sending their love and light energy to you. Friends, next, I want you to see yourself surrounded by your loved ones on the other side. Your angels haven't gone anywhere, they're still right there, but now steps in your loved ones on the other side. Greet them, welcome them, take a moment within your imagination to give them the biggest hug and kiss. Friends, as we do this healing work together, I want you to see that every single being that is surrounding you is just surrounding you because they are connected to God and they want to help you as a soul here on earth to lift your energy, to make it lighter, to take any heaviness out of your aura, chakras, and body. In order for them to help you with this, what I want you to do is voice to them. See yourself in your imagination telling your angels, your loved ones on the other side, God energy of course is there too. Tell them what you are afraid of. I want you to be specific and explain your fears to them now. Now friends, I want you to see your loved ones and angels on the other side comforting you, holding you, wiping away your tears. I want you to see them telling you that you're going to be okay. Your family is going to be okay. 
I want you to see them showing you in their way from the other side that they are there helping you every step of the way and that they will never ever leave your side. Friends, I want you to see or feel God energy, this pure white radiant light pouring down from above over you. And as you feel this pure love and light, this gentle waterfall just pouring over your head, filling your body, filling your auric field to the outside of you, filling every inch of your being around you. I want you to feel that as this light energy comes in, the highest vibration that is as it gently pours into your being, I want you to feel how all the heaviness within you just releases. With the snap of your finger, God takes every ounce of heavy, low vibrational energy within you. And with that snap of the finger, God turns all of it into the highest vibration, love, light energy. Friends, I want you to imagine within your imagination, your DNA strand. Now, the way that spirit shows me the DNA and what it looks like is if you could imagine that double helix and that within that double helix are millions or billions of doors and windows. And those doors and windows open and close. And as they do, some serve your highest health and good some do not. What I want you to do is say this prayer with me. My friends, this energy work does not have to take a lot of time. You're going to hear me say, use the snap of your fingers because within that snap of the fingers, your intention shifts the energy within your body. So you can say it, but please believe it. Know like you know like you know within your heart that you are changing the energy, the frequency within you to be pure, complete health. So say this little prayer with me now. God, please close all the doors and windows to my DNA that don't serve my highest health. With a snap of your fingers, see those doors and windows close. And God, please open all the doors and windows to my DNA that do serve my highest health. See those doors and windows open with a snap of your fingers. What I want you to do now is see yourself healthier than ever come September of this year. Daydream, visualize about what that health looks like and feels like to you within your body come September of this year. Take a moment to do this work right now and I'll come back to you with my voice in one minute.
Friends, I want you to believe like you believe like you believe that you, your family, your friends, you are protected. You are safe. You are secure. Your angels are looking out for you. God is looking out for you. Your loved ones are looking out for you. See yourself as healthier than ever come September of this year. Now I want you to pray with me for a moment for everyone else. God, please protect our nurses, doctors, and all healthcare professionals around the world. God, may you give each of them strength and protect them. God, please also protect all people who work in grocery stores, food service, or delivery. God, may you give each of them the strength and protection that they need. For all people who are suffering from COVID-19 themselves, God, may you take care of them and heal all who are able to be healed. Surround them with your divine protection. Surround them with angels and help every cell within their body to become completely 100% healthy again. God, for every person who has lost a job or had their income reduced, please clearly show them the path to healing, safety, security. Whisper to them in their hearts the direction that you would have them go. God, for every child on this planet, please help them to receive the attention, love, nurturing, and care that they so desperately need. God, please surround them with angels and allow them to feel the divine presence of your love and warmth. For those filled with hatred, God, we ask you to transmute that hate within their hearts into love energy, and we ask you to open up their hearts to make shifts and positive changes to help them raise their vibration. And everyone who is helping with the COVID-19 effort or response in some way, God, please be with each person who needs your strength. Clearly guide them and protect them with whatever they need at this time. Friends, finally, I want you to visualize Thanksgiving of this year. I want you to take a moment of silence to experience this daydream within your mind. See every single family member and friend and loved one there at the dinner table. See them happy, healthy. Feel the gratitude of this Thanksgiving beyond any other Thanksgiving in the past. Gratitude for being all together. Gratitude for all being healthy. Gratitude for the lessons learned. Gratitude for the relationships that grew deeper and the love that is between you all. Again, my friends, see your spirit team on the other side telling you that you are going to be okay. See them helping you. My friends, God loves you. Your spirit team loves you. I love you. Open up your heart like French doors to all of the unexpected blessings that they're trying to bring into your life right now. May you go forth with your day feeling lighter, and living in the high vibration that is God. Go forth in your day, surrounded by angels and your spirit team on the other side protecting you. Allow yourself to just be. Allow yourself to live in the high vibrational frequency that is God and carry it with you throughout your day. Friends, I have to have a disclaimer at the end. This podcast is to educate, inspire, and entertain you on your personal journey towards health and happiness. 
it is not intended to replace care best provided by qualified professionals, and it is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment.